I think rather than us finding the weakness and criticizing the other or even our parents, I think if we can learn to forgive our parents and see the weakness with me, and I think it's resonate with me and I have to work hard. Mm. And, and then rather than making their dream, working on my parents' dream, I think I have to make my own dream and driven yeah. And devotion and love and compassion only come from within us. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Live on Bomb podcast, where we have insightful, real, and fun conversations with the world's highest performers and greatest minds, and we bring these life lessons to you. I'm your host, Stephen McDonald, and by trade and training, a high performance coach and consultant. Today, I was absolutely honored and privileged to spend some time with Krishna Tapa. Krishna is a world-leading high-altitude mountaineer and an ex-SAS mountain leader. Krishna reveals how he applies Buddhism and Eastern philosophy to excel in life and in leadership and to overcome dark periods in his life. Krishna is such an exceptional person and and he comes from a very unique place in Nepal and and he brings that uniqueness to who he is and and to those around him. And he's got a really strong purpose and, and I suppose North Star in his life right now, which is really honorable and, and noble. And he has guided amputees, blinds, deaf, people with Parkinson's disease, sufferers from PTSD, veterans, in these really challenging expeditions in Africa, Europe, the Himalayas. And he leads them and he leads teams of people to overcome such such powerful adversity and, and no better person than Krishna. And we explored a lot of different topics in our, in our in our conversation and some of which we, we looked at were how to forgive and forgive those around you, you know, who, who are closest to you, what the military mindset is and how actually he utilizes the military mindset to to succeed in life and given the challenges of his recent expeditions, how, how that came into play there, merging Eastern and Western philosophies and the impact of having a strong North Star, as I kind of mentioned what, what Krishna's one is and just some lessons for leaders in the modern world, given his experiences and the Buddhist philosophy and and that mindset to find inner peace and and it was a really powerful conversation guys I got such a huge amount from it and look I'm excited to share this with you and hope you enjoy so Krishna it's an absolute honor to have you thank you thank you Stefan and it's my pleasure, uh, great privilege and honor to share my experience and knowledge hmm. so, so so just in terms of your a few words that kind of bring you to life right are you know and you've kind of you'd see this when your name is mentioned, you'd kind of alongside your name, you see SAS mountaineer, spiritual guide, integrating ancient wisdom and philosophy into modern leadership and lives. So there's so much power in there, right? But and obviously love to unpack that. But before I do that, like it's it's your life that you that you've had that has led you to be able to bring that gift to the world. I know you grew up in Nepal, so I'd maybe like to start there and just understand more about what it was like for for a young Krishna in Nepal growing up and and what what was the experiences you've had or even one or two critical or really important experiences that have stuck with you or that have really guided you in your path? Yeah. Uh, yes, like you say, uh, Stefan, I, I was born in uh, lap of the mountain, uh, about 2,000 meters uh, at the uh, nearby the Annapurna range. And actually, I was born in the jungle Mm. Uh, because uh, in our in our culture, um, we we are not allowed to born in the mom house because of the uh, traditional culture. 
So yeah, born in the jungle and you know uh, in the Nepalese culture where I grown up, you know, big uh, uh, Buddhist philosophy and you know all our traditional and culture and kind of follows the thousand years of uh, Buddhism philosophy. And mm-hmm. later on, uh, as uh, the Hindus, uh, you know, we are kind of mixed with the Buddhists and Hindus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of my grown up from, you know, I remember from age four to age 19, um, obviously in Nepal, uh, joining the British uh, Gurkhas is one of the highest regard and prestige job. And um, uh, having said that, you know, uh, until age 19, I was the eldest son in my family. So I had to follow my traditional and culture every morning. Um, I remember having a cold shower and changing the dress uh, according to the Buddhism philosophy mm. and, um, you know, and uh, fasting, basically, uh, cold shower, fasting and do the worship trees snake cow sky earth uh, you know uh, obviously when i was young i hated you know i didn't understand the actually science or yeah, you know yeah. philosophy behind it uh, so but i had no choice you know that's the culture and ritual uh, yeah and obviously as the as i grow uh, finishing my school um, uh, being a, a little bit time of the spiritual monk in the village and uh, as you all know from nepal um, my tribe is a gurkha tribe you know my grand granddad uh, was uh, you know joining the british gurkhas first world war and actually my uh, grandfather died in second world war in uh, in uh, vietnam war yeah. and we had that and then as being an eldest son and my uh, fathers and my parents actually have a dream me joining the Gurkhas uh, since I actually before I born yeah and yeah and really? uh, yeah so yeah that, that's um that's powerful and, and I suppose at 19 then was it 19 when you were 18 this was at that age is when you can actually move towards it or yeah you know, so yeah yeah uh, actually, uh, legally, when you are age 17 and a half or 18 years, we can mm-hmm. apply for to join the Gurkhas. Um, to be honest, uh, age 19, 18, I tried. I, I failed the first time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I failed the first what, time. Why, why, was that, why was that, Krishna? Just what was it that you failed on or what was, what was it that, that held you back? Uh, definitely my mindset, uh, because mm-hmm. you know, like uh, like I say, because my parents had to dream me joining the Gurkhas even I before I born, mm-hmm. and but I think with with uh, I didn't feel I was strong enough because you know I was born in the mountain and I didn't have a really, uh, good education, and born in the mountain mm-hmm. and joining the British Army is high prestigious and must reward job in the Nepal. Every boy in the Nepal dreamed to join the British Gurkha. Yeah. And I, because uh, I I went to select, uh, you know, like Gurkha selection, and I see everyone is like from town and, you know, like well-educated, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well-educated uh, from like city, like, you know, big, like Kathmandu, Pokhara, and, you know, those who have the really good education. And I was downplaying myself, realizing uh, always in my mind is I, I thought I'm not good enough, you know, in, yeah. in that age. 
And actually, uh, because it's a very long process to join in the uh, British Gurkhas, it's almost like a four to five month process. Mm. And uh, after three months, and I was failed, it's just because I, I wouldn't perform good. You know, it's very competitive uh, to join in the British Gurkhas. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, I failed. Uh, and I went outside and I realized all the, you know, uh, my friends were sleeping to my right and sleeping to the left. And both of them joined in the Gurkhas. And, and I, you know, like I, I then uh, with the nature, I think I grown up like a very Buddhism and like, you know, like uh, everything put it, put, put it in the perspective, you know. Yeah. And, and I realized actually guys on the both and left and right both join the Gurkhas and I think I can join the Gurkhas. Yeah. Then, you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned is, uh, you know, as, as my uh, teacher told in the Buddhism in Nepal is every situation in our life, either we became wiser and, you know, overcome our situation or problem or we became wounded. We always living the, you know, like with that problem. Yeah. Uh, and I learned that and I said, you know, now I think having seen, I spent the time three months together in the British camp in Nepal. And I realized I seen them guys and they are similar like me, you know, and now I can do then. And then I start training the day I fail. It was yeah. actually yeah. starting point for me, you know, and I wake up every morning 4 a.m. and running and studying the English harder. Yeah. And then that means, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I think from that point, I realize I can do it. I think it's not like mom, dad, or our, our community or our, you know, circle decide that. I think it has to come from within us, yes. with yes. our yeah. heart. And actually, I feeling that give me, it opened my eyes and I think I can do it. And then I start training hard. And that's why in the and the second time, age 19, when I applied and I pretty much smashed it. You know, I was first in the, you know, mm. running. I was yeah. very good at the thing because, again, I think everything uh, coming from my heart of one year training and preparation, uh, that is the another big lesson for me as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, again, either you can become good at it and overcome the situation or we just became wounded. Yeah, I think that was that's really uh, that kind of something that really resonated there was the kind of wisdom, right? Through these challenging situations, you can develop real wisdom and learnings and grow it, or wounded. And I know there's probably a line in between where you can have some form of wounds and wisdom, right? But I definitely in your situation, the that first attempt and failure gave you such power and and commitment and um, and a willingness to do the work. In internal work and then obviously the, the, the external work to get there the second time. Just a quick question, Krishna, on your parents. So when you came back, failed the first time, did you feel that like you let your parents down or your community down or was there some element of, of that there? Yes, I think definitely that's the other part, I think, which is actually initiated within me. You know, you feel... Uh, you feel like uh, you know, almost like useless. You know, you you have your mom and your parents has a dream. Uh, they want uh, they want they they see the dream before I even born. And actually, when I yeah. realize it's 
is I am the one in a week. I think rather than us finding the weakness and criticizing the other or even our parents, I think if we can learn to forgive our parents and see the weakness with me, and I think it's resonate with me and I have to work hard. Mm. And, and then rather than making their dream, working on my parents' dream, I think I have to make my own dream and driven yeah. and devotion and love and compassion only come from within us. So I learned that. And also, I, yes, definitely when I fail, I feel like, oh, my God, you know, mm. am I uh, not achieving my dream? So as my parents dream and having see uh, the, you know, my colleagues passing and going through the uh, flying to the UK. And I think I had that confidence in myself, right? I, I can do this one and I have to do that. And uh, maybe, you know, that uh, love and compassion was actually we start to learn and to see the visualizing ourselves in better place. So I think the learning to forgive our parents, right, is, is a, there's so much power in that, right? Mm. Um, for sure. And is there any, like, I, I just want to stay there for a moment. Is there any insight or for somebody that might be listening in that has some element of resentment and frustration towards appearance for maybe something in childhood or something that is, is kind of decisions they made in life or guidance they got from them that wasn't truthful guidance is more for appearance for them. They go, what would, like, what do they need to hear Krishna for them to be able to forgive or to give themselves a chance? I think biggest lesson in the Eastern philosophy or Buddhism philosophy is in our life, we have to face our parents' death. Yeah. yeah? We can avoid so many things in our life, but if you look yourself and anyone who is watching and listening, yeah. you know, when our parents die, we have to be there, you know, like somehow, either physically, mentally, or emotionally, we cannot separate, and we cannot separate from our mom and dad. That's why I think the best thing we can do is that the by forgiving our parents and and by forgiving our you know, whatever the, you know, uh, going through our mind, I think they said that actually 99 problem will be solved. All the depression, anxiety will be solved as long as we treat and forgive our mm. parents. And everything will start from there. You know, everything, if we forgive our parents, then we can start forgiving those people around them around them yeah. then we can yeah. forgive the people we are come across we are colleagues i think that's yeah. what starting from is that and hence i think you know just practice one practice and just you know it's okay because in in the in in the you know buddhist philosophy we say that the uh if the son uh, have any problem and if we are close to our father and 99 problem will solve yeah. I can't say I can I can't disagree with that, Krishna. Um the Gurkhas, so I I read somewhere that there's a 3% chance of passing selection. Is that true? Or is that your experience? Yes, absolutely. I think even smaller than that. Yeah. When I when I yeah, when I applied for the Gurkhas in 1995, uh we had about uh thirty-five thousand. Uh, thirty-five thousand. Yeah, thirty-five thousand from the wider uh uh, Nepalese uh, around the Nepal and only 200 pass. So, you know, I think it's the, yeah, it's, it is one of the tough, uh, tough uh, selection. Um, 
not as tough as you know SAS selection. Um, but I think what I actually I did a little bit kind of research with the Gurkhas and SAS selection because the, with the Gurkhas is you are young, you know, you you are yeah. uh, you are just a young 17, 18, 19 years old boy, and you've been tested, you know, maximum with the physical and like a little bit with the mental and some sort of English and academic as well. Yeah. And like boy like me you know, born in the jungle in Himalayas and not such have any form of academic education yet again to perform, you know, the GCSE, uh, GCSE level education is quite tough, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and in that sense, I think it's uh, very, very competitive and very hard to join in the graphics here. So, uh, so, so, so you, you pretty much elevated from, from then Krishna, right? So you're, so when you passed, right, and you were really, passed in way really strongly, you continue to grow, right? and you continue to flourish, and you continue to do well in the challenges you face. So can you tell us more about kind of when you passed and what your life was like for those those formative years after that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's life-changing experience. You know, we, uh, again, you know, I think in our life, uh, we only limited ourselves with our mindset and attitude and our character. I think if we, that's why people all the time uh, in the UK or in the Western world, we talk about being the moment and being the living the moment. But actually, we can't live outside the moment, you know, everything in the moment, but only our memories and our mindset will put us in the past or in the future. But us breathing in a mm -hmm. lifetime, we are always in the moment. What, what I mean is, I think, when I joined the Gurkhas, uh, uh, it's, it's been, you know, like, it's, it's mind, you know, changing. Uh, it's a new thing, new experience. And by we can only experience and learn those things if you are present in the moment and yeah. allow us to be in that moment. I think joining the Gurkhas, coming in the UK, I think it's a cultural shock, you know, first mm -hmm. thing, because from boy from yeah. the mountain, coming to the London and seeing all these things is almost like uh, almost like you know uh, overwhelming for us yeah, to yeah. you know cultural shock and it's a lot challenging and again you know I think like like everything in my life is either we became wiser and adopt the situation adopt our mindset and try to change as the situation changes and so we can overcome a lot of time our mindset and our memories don't want to change because all our life is habitual. habitual we yeah. Live, yeah, we live in the past habit and that that's very hard to change and adopt according to situation. But I think that's why as long as you are open-minded and we you know learn and move on. And even though no matter what the situation, I think we can overcome that, even though it was a huge uh, cultural shock, you know, uh, huge education challenging and try to understand the culture of, you know, coming from there to here. Yeah. But again, I was very much willing to learn every day, spending the time, you know, read book, uh, you know, try to communicate as much as possible and culture, society. And we have to respect that. And with the respect and forgiveness, we rather be go and learn about the our own human life. Krishna, you, like you, you served, right? So, so you served on frontline in Afghanistan 
in Iraq, right on combat missions. So, like, what was that like? Well, like, I mean, that, again, you talk, we talk about challenges and growth and, and adversity opportunities for wisdom. I can imagine there was, you, you've been through those experiences, you've obviously learned so much and grew so much. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in my experience, I think uh, we have to make a sacrifice regardless what what sacrifice you know mm. either smaller we have to sacrifice because we have a very limited time in this earth in this space of universe and either we live you know with the with the uh, sacrifice just giving a time and not doing that much or you can give more and important about your life learn and experience I think what I mean is, you know, uh, some people sacrifice the time with, you know, working with the kids, taking the kids in the school, but everyone has to sacrifice the time. It's actually not the time. We sacrifice our own life and heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Every heartbeat, every breathing we do, we spend the time, whatever love thing we're doing. And Mm -hmm. for me, I always put in a perspective because, you know, day-to-day life and just waking up and you know uh whatever job we do and solving the problem is not uh is not enough i think for me i think for me is i have we have to be inspired we if the in the certain time and period of our very uh, time in in this universe wherever we are can we do some uh, inspiring work can we do some inspiring about our kids, our community, our country, country who hold our family, kids and loved one and keep protect us? No matter wherever we are, I think we are as a as a uh, human. I think if we have that mutual respect and mutual responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved one, and for that we have to sacrifice so many ways. Sometimes we have to sacrifice ultimate sacrifice, sacrifice ourselves. Mm. But however, I think if we have a clear vision and mission, and there is no uh, no conflict in our mind, both emotionally, psychologically, and also physically, I think that's why it's very uh, important to have a twenty-year vision, to have a thirty-years vision, and to have a lifelong vision. Yeah. So that whatever decision we make moves towards that yeah it's not against ourselves and that's where the these modern days we have a lot of problem with the mental health and ptsd and anxiety depression because we don't separate the we we try not to spend our own vision and our own goal we react react every situation as the situation can rather than more respond with the situation rather than try to understand and have a long-term vision because there is a saying if you uh in in the in the nepal if you aim to be climbing the highest mountain then all the smaller mountain is not gonna be problem because mm. your vision is high up yeah. but the minute minute we spending our time and uh, energy the climbing the smaller mountain that could be anything you know in a job or in our relationship or in a day-to-day you know like just washing the kitchen dishes in the kitchen mm. but 
the minute we're spending a lot of time in a smaller thing, then our energy, our psychology will stop there. We, we are not the opportunity to grow our own thought and our energy. So um, that's why it's very important all the smaller, you know, our generation to the older people to have a long-term vision so that we are focused regardless situation change. We still can change and adopt day-to-day life, but our aim and vision yeah. is positive and mm. make some impact it's like a north star kind of absolutely approach, yes. yeah well so Christian, what, what's your north star what's your long-term vision uh my my process is that like i said because once i you know like uh grown up in the monk in nepal age 19 and serving 26 years out of that 19 years with the sas is that mm. i think my our day to uh, life purpose is not to live by, you know, it's not to treat as the day come, but also can we make some difference in our life? Can we inspire at least ourselves, if not other people yeah. to look at and how can we support ourselves and our community for the better humanity? Yeah. And now I think my vision and aim is that how can we change our mindset you know how can we change our for better humanity and understanding our own mindset and our, our own body and to overcome any external situation and external problem so that's that's kind of uh, krishna when i hear you say that that that's a vision that you've had from a very young age because you've been progressing towards that or in that or within that space through everything you've been through in your life. Is that a fair thing to say? Kind of been an anchor point for you for, for a long part of your life? Yes, to be honest, I think uh, not really, you know, if I honest right. with you, because uh, uh, even though I grown up as a monk in Nepal, uh, I again, I hate it. I hate it, you know, have a cold sound. Yeah. The cold because I was young, you know, young and stupid. So we all are, but we yeah. need to accept that. But I think important thing is once you realize, you know, once you realize in your life, and I think we need to be very uh, open mind and willing to change as the situation changes. And that is also the big problem because I just realized last 15 years about my spirituality, you know, about my wisdom, the Himalayan, uh, uh, you know, like Buddhism and Hindu's philosophy is that I, you know, during my career service, I've been a lot of dark places, you know, and if I haven't had this instrument of Eastern philosophy and my me growing up in Nepal, I wouldn't be standing here and talking yeah. with you. Yeah. Because it helped me when I've been to the lot of dark places and a lot of death zone during my service. And I realized it triggered me within I, me, myself, right? Who am I? You know, why I am here, what I'm yeah. doing. And that triggered me, helped me to find out my child life, childhood back in Himalayas and grown up with the Buddhism philosophy. And every practice, every ritual and culture I grown up my young age, and I instigate and I kind of ask the question, why, you know? then it's actually giving me the answer then last 15 years and even you know uh I, before when i was in service then it helped me to empower myself it, it helped me to understand why i'm here and why i'm doing all this thing 
and it encourages. I think that's why in our life, uh, what we have, my through my own understanding is, we have two different minds. One is called one is our own mind, which is only perceived through our sensation, eyes, mm-hmm. ear, hear, feeling, and we kind of you know analyze, perceive, and change, and we transmit with our own action. But actually, there is deeper mind. Is called the realization mind. So what that realization yeah. mind is, for example, the love for your kids, you know, mm. love for your family, yeah. and love for my families and my my job or whatever I love. None of them can be filled through our sensation. Yeah, none of them can be either seen, hear, touch, or feel. They are. Just, yeah. Something bigger than that, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And once you realize the true love or true emotion, then our own sensation, nerve mindset start collapsing. The minute our own sensation and memory start collapsing, then you are on the way to free, you know, on the way to freedom and understand universal energy. I think for that is very important. That's why uh, meditation, sit down and contemplating your own thought process, be one and try to use your realization mind, try to use the, you know, responsive mind rather than reactive mind. I think then, then we start learning about the truth of our human capability and who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the biggest thing I learned through the Eastern Buddhism philosophy. And to the, to be honest, like again, uh, that helped me to grow who am I and actually helped me to understand myself. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier about kind of rituals and habits kind of that, that you would add growing up through your upbringing and some you hated, right? And there was, there was a lot of stuff there, but for you right now, Krishna, for you to be, you know, in, in a state of balance in that realization mind or for you to be at your best, you know, whatever way you want to put it. Like what habits and rituals do you have, right? Maybe daily habits or rituals, kind of things that you do consistently that, that really um, put you on the right path. The One of the really important thing is uh, there's, I, I look at in the three, uh, three kind of important. One is the physical aspect of our, which we are our physical mm-hmm. in existing human being. And other one is a mental state, you know, how is the mind mindset work and other one is emotion. Yeah. So those are the three things very important us to clear, you know, if you are physically pain and physically suffering, then we can't live, you know, uh, happily. And second mm-hmm. one is if we have a constant thought process and mind going on and other one is emotion. So I think for that I do really daily. So in the Nepalese, uh, in the Nepalese culture, we call the merudanda. Merudanda is the spinal cord, yeah, yep, spinal yep. cord from within the like, 30, 33 vertebras, spinal cord. It's, it is very important to keep. A lot of people actually goes to you know like running, gym, and thing. But the important is yeah. how healthy our spinal cord. Every nerve, van. And all the important 
uh, you know, hormone will actually carry through a spinal cord. In the morning, I always do the spinal cord exercise. Max, you know, like they were talking about yoga pose yeah, or yeah. cat pose or snake pose. It's all to, to actually people don't know. This is all the exercises to do with the spinal cord. Yeah. Mm. So if you do max your, your spinal cord from your back of your head to the bottom of your ba backbone, every spinal cord has to move and flexible for the physical mm. aspect, for the health. Yeah. Yeah? Do that, whatever exercise you call yoga or gym or push up or pull up or walk, everything. Yeah. That's the one thing. And next thing is mind. So mm. mind is like a lot of, the, uh, so mindful is a lot of every 24 hours we breathe in 30 to 40,000 times every day. Our breaths, yeah, breathing. Yeah. But yeah. We How work, much of that is effective, right? How much of that breathing is actually good? Doing you good or yeah. doing you harm? Yeah, it's the thing, what I think mean is if you're breathing 30 to 40,000 times, how much breathe you taking inhale and exhale consciously you know just try to consciously at least three to four four to ten ten to twenty if you're consciously breathing then you it's nothing nothing to do with you know like people talk about the fresh air bad air or lungs but the thing yeah. is it's all about the controlling your mind because mind normally we do you know subconsciously start breathing the minute we breathe activity consciously, the mind come to realize that, oh, what's going on here? You know, we yeah, are yeah, it's different. Conscious. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of we start controlling your mind because it's not doing one thing. You tell your own breath you want to take in and you want to exhale. Yeah. That is the kind of start, is the basic point. And other thing is emotion. So emotion is in in the philo in the eastern philosophy everything is energy yeah. so in our lungs we have energy our heart we have energy in our abdominal we have energy how can we sink all the energy and vibration within me at the same harmony because at the moment my lungs is going 100 my you know like heart is beeping outside and my digesting system is doing on thing but we are not aware of those things yeah. That's why if you are sit down and now you the first thing you do the spinal twist and some, you know, turn. And second thing is you do the, you know, like a bit, little bit more of, uh, you know, kind of breathing, conscious breathing. And third thing you yeah. try to monitor your all the key organs of your body. And if you start monitoring with your own mind, then everything starts harmony and work together. Is a motorbike? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Just sorry, but I, I, I can get the guys to yeah. that out. But so just in terms of that then, Krishna, it's like one fluid practice, kind of one fluid. That, that's your practice that you do in the morning time. Yes. Will you so regulate? In, yes, yeah. in the morning, I always uh, do that physical, the spinal cord exercise, anything as long as stress and twist and turn slowly. And and then I will then sit down and I will consciously breathe in and out. And mm -hmm. I will monitor my key organs, like how is my heart beating? You know, how is my lungs yeah. moving? How is my, you know, tummy and is there any movement? 
how is my head start monitoring your own body system so again the important is that we start giving our energy to our key part of the lungs or our body rather than giving the energy in our thought process yeah do you are you do you get up at a certain time krishna do you go to bed and get up at a rit- ritualistic yeah. ritual time what tell us more so i think for me is uh, obviously it's not you know every time possible obviously we know we 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 have to do but every time if possible for me is a wake up as 5 half 5 and every whatever even though whatever the uh time i got tomorrow or everything i i just make sure i wake up at least half an hour 45 minute early and and it's important to for me to daily put my emotion body and mind you know intact and positive yeah. you know energy so yeah. normal if all well normal wake up five and you know have a like personal admin you know then i sit down for at least hour or so and i do the stretching uh, focusing on the spinal cord and breathing and uh, you know observe the my body key long so the very interesting thing is 2500 years ago buddha they you know mm. like buddha himself yeah. who was actually born in nepal and he invented the, this technique you know how to monitor your thought process how to monitor your brain and body the important thing is if you are really really in tune with your body all the thought process actually start from your body you know you have some movement in your body you have some movement in your muscle and that actually then became thought oh, yeah. yeah for that that's why i said it is sometimes it's a little bit you know like superficial because when we're talking about this spiritual and buddhism practice because you we have to for me is now we have to practice and keep your mind and brain in a certain way so that's why first for the, all the beginner the important is to focus your mind lungs in your heart can you feel your heartbeat you know it is very hard yeah, yeah, yeah. because even though without on heartbeat will be gone you know dead yet again we are not giving our own energy and thought process the heart actually keep us alive so it is and uh, and that's why if you close your eyes and then just sit down and if you try to monitor your heartbeat it's okay if you can't find it keep practice keep practice some people yeah. will realize you start realizing in one week some people will realize in two month some people never realize you know that's because because the way the genetically and biologically program and you know like takes time yeah. and and yes once you do start doing that then if you are really really into that and you got some sort of pain in your body some reaction in your body whatever food you eat whatever drink water you drink whatever environment you are there is a reaction in in the body you can actually monitor that reaction once you start monitoring that reaction if you look and observe within yourself within the couple of second that will come to your mind and become thought yeah yeah so that's how the this is the this is the you know trick buddha himself found 2500 years ago and if you are really really good at it then you can actually found is that going to be bad thought is that going to be positive thought or negative thought then you can actually prevent this before yeah. you 
coming to the coming to your thought yeah. process. Anyway, uh, do that uh, from you know like uh, in the morning and uh, you know for at least half an hour, forty-five minutes, and if possible, all good. I I, I do hours, you know, few hours, yeah. and yeah, that's my daily. Then go outside and do your whatever job, daily job, you know, yeah. whatever school run or job, office, kitchen, cooking, and. And actually, you know, if you are really good at it, you can observe when you are walking. When you, yeah, yeah. yeah, when mm-hmm. you even walk in office, you know, constantly you can realizing, realize that, and do the same thing in the evening as well before the bed. So it's the same uh, process, Krishna. So your evening routine, your evening routine is kind of very similar to your morning routine. Yeah. To so come back to physical, mental, and emotional again, and the, yeah. so. Yeah, in the evening is what we call is we call the love and harmony meditation. What that means is uh, normally you monitored all the emotion, the happy part and the sad part, whatever you do on the daytime. Yeah. So in the morning, so you can visualize that. Okay, I wake up morning. I had this, you know, email. I had this phone call, which could be really good news or bad news, and see. And then, as the day go by, you monitor all the activity of your brain and emotion and your physical aspect. Yeah. yeah. If you monitor that, and lot of the lot of time, anything to do bad or negative, we kind of try to forget and temper down, and we normally focus in the positive thing, but it's very important to bring that emotion and love, whatever it is, either bad or good. There is no, in a way, there is no bad or good emotion and love anyway, because what I am suffering is, if you look other part of the world, someone is dying for that, you know? Yes, yeah. So I think yeah. that's why it's just the way our own perspective and our memory put on the corner that's how that's how our intellectual mind work but yeah. it's important to bring that you know whatever good or bad memory and more, you know like realizing and visualizing that it only help us to release you know because if you if you remember the minute we put our mind and thought we put our energy in a certain part in whatever yeah. energy there the minute we put the energy there then that that part is oxygenated yeah, that part mm-hmm. where you are breathing and heart focus in that time, that that help to ease and soften the whatever the you know problem yeah. or end. So that is actually the medicine uh, you know like very important and it's actually maybe if anything, it is very important to do the you know like love and harmony meditation before the bed so that it's not gonna come back or if it is gonna come Keep back, yeah. it's not gonna be so much you know, like uh, uh, effective because you are already dealing with it slowly. Yeah, that's, that's very insightful, Krishna, and, and good, wisdom, good wisdom, I'd imagine, built up over years. And that's definitely something that I'm going to now bring into my own, for sure, and, and respect more, even your spinal, the spinal uh, importance. Um, quick question, Krishna, that I kind of am circling back to. You mentioned that in your 26 years as an SAS um, anyways, you you would have you would have kind of experienced a lot of dark, been in dark situations. You just kind of mentioned. I wonder if like, I suppose if if you could share maybe one of those challenges, or you know, if it's possible, or even just give an example, or give give an idea, or an outline, or like what was the biggest biggest one of the biggest adversities you would have had to overcome in those situ- in those times, and maybe how you did that, or just 
you know, I'm curious about that. I think the you know the biggest uh, uh, biggest uh, overcome is our own mindset, and uh, everything either love, emotion, hatred, uh, hatred, mm. depression, anxiety, happiness, sadness. I know you name is enemy, friends, including ourselves. We live in our mind. Yeah, I think so. It is very important to understand what goes in your mind and what not goes there. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, problem I had was actually seeing my own friend death, you know, in front of me, mm -hmm. and uh, going through the going through the war time and. Everyone is fighting the battle, you know, so many ways, and uh, and the uh, uh, again, I think the my closest best friend, you know, going through the uh, you know mission and uh, dying in front of me is the biggest uh, challenges yeah. I have overcome, and that's why I think that's why I said uh, if I haven't had these tools of understanding the mind and energy and Eastern philosophy, you know, I I would have been not here to share my story mm. and uh, one of the very uh, you know uh, important for me is actually the friends who gone through gone for me you know when we are queuing for going through the going through the you know like mission and some of them friend come to me and okay I want to go forward because you have got a family you know I'm unmarried and he oh, goes right. and he died and mm. I think uh, that's why I think uh, actually, you know, these are the Englishmen, you know, these are the people from here yeah. to, to, you know, to share their, their feeling and their, how spiritual they are, you know, understand the situation. Because in this modern age and time, you know, even the boy from me, from Nepal coming here, served for the country mm. yet again, you know, a lot of people living in the in this is like they talk about racism, they talk about colors, and they talk about all these things. But I think what I say is, you know, those people who understand you truly, your value, your energy as a human, the outer look and outer perspective of human being doesn't really work, doesn't exist, you know. And there is because, like I said, I have seen in my first hand again the man from Western world has been gone through for me and give it his life you know what yeah. ultimate sacrifice and what more meaningful life we are you know we're looking for i think it's that's why i think for me is uh even and uh, that's why sometimes i feel like you know how can i share this feeling you know how can i share this eastern philosophy and being a western recipe you know born in nepal but i actually been many times in church and mosque and mm. temple than on my you know mosque in nepal and i think end of the day we have all human have the same intensity and same intention but i think we are not understanding the deep down to see who we are as a human and i think it is very important too that's why I think important to not only living the daily life, but also how can we inspire each other. There is always a thousand of people who is always looking for hand, our hand. And we need help as well, you know, or we are mm. always looking for someone higher up to help us. Yeah. If we, 
if we have this understanding of humanity and understanding ourselves, we can, if we, we spread our arms and if anyone need help, and we also asking for help if we need help. If we have that mindset of giving help and needing help, and we will be living in a better harmony world. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Krishna. And, and you know, sorry to hear of the challenges that you would have, you have overcame. You know, and even your your best friend and and those people that would have sacrificed themselves in those moments. Like, what 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 inspiration have you took from them, or you know that 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 sits within you? I suppose that you to carry through that that gift that you carry through for them in everyday life. What what is it that that you know that you carry that that the gifts they've given you? I suppose that you bring to the world. Anything that really stands out? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh... One of the things I learned is that the in the Eastern philosophy and traditional culture, we almost walk backwards looking at the all the time looking at our past ancestor and the almost we are not going forward in, in that fast pace. Whereas in the Western philosophy, we almost never look back, never connect with our past and our parents and our biological and genetical clock. We yeah. always have a vision yeah. and have a long-term vision. We always disassociate with ourselves. Yeah. I think, if anything, for me is I think we are. It is very important to have a scientific re- discovery, scientific AI, and work in the science. But also, I think it is very important to understand our own biological clock, our you know genetical clock, and where we are come from. How can we be in this moment and be happy? Only learn and realize from within us. I think for me is that the uh, my uh, working. That's why right now is how can we have this scientific discovery and resource and intellectual education at the same time? How can we connect our biological and genetical clock and looking our you know ancestor learn something? And in order to happier right now and living in the moment in harmony. Powerful, Krishna. And I think you're, you, you're with that power, you're doing so many powerful things, you know, right now. And, I, and most recently, you're, you know, it's the first double amputee to scale Mount Everest in an expedition that you led with a, with a team of great people. And uh, so, absolute congratulations for, for that. And can you tell me more about that? that um, I suppose that journey and I suppose ultimately before the journey became a journey, what was the spark that I, and I know you've worked with previous amputees, but what was the, I suppose, even at that, like what's the, what was the spark that brought you to this place where you brought, where you're bringing these people on transformative journeys? Yes, I think, uh, yes, I think so. First of all, uh, I, I uh, met Harry I met, you know, when I was in Gurkhas like 24 years ago, but we never, you know, we kind of know each other, but never had a like intimacy. But obviously I went to the, you know, I went to the Hereford and kind of with this. But last, um, I met him in 2015. By that, by then I was leading the UKSF and Brigade of Gurkhas uh, Everest expedition. And uh, then Harry knew it and Harry, uh, we met up. Uh, one of the events in 2015 and he said oh Chris uh, Chris brother do you think I can climb the Everest 
when actually I look at him and he's, he was actually struggling to, uh, you know, get off from his bed and struggling to go to the toilet. Yeah. And um, I was like, and I said, oh, we can only try. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, what should we do then? And we then, then you know, 2015, I remember, you know, help him coming out from, you know, home and then walking just, you know, like a couple of hundred meter walk and day to day pushing the boundaries and uh, keep practicing. And, you know, like then we start spending a little bit one hour more walking, two hour more walking and three, you know, like then we keep pushing. Then we start going to the, uh, you know, Black Mountain. Then we start doing the snow, Snowdonia. Mm -hmm and Ben Nevis in 2015-16. And eventually I can see he's uh, very determined and he's yeah. very, you know, like very strong mindset. So we were working on that and it started like that. Then then when I took him in 2019, uh, sorry, 2017 in Mount Blanc, then that was kind of real test, you know, yeah. even though uh, I was teaching him, not only him, I had the three double amputees, uh, yeah. Harry, Justin, and Stefan, all of them are double amputees. And yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and we took the, the uh, Mount Blanc, and actually I realized, and this guy have a very, very driven mindset and, you know, like never give up. They had like what we call is the military military mindset, you know, once you put eyes on, you just keep going and going. Mm. And I said, you know what, you guys, you got the character, and now I have to bring the recipe or make it work how it's going to we going to achieve the end. Yeah. yeah. So it started from there. And um, and over the, you know, over the few years, obviously, there is uh, one of the most, most uh, imminent thing was Nepalese government ban on the double amputee and blind, yeah. blind and the other disability climbing the yeah. Everest. Uh, yeah. 2000. I think 2018 or 19, and uh, to be honest, Harry and other you know uh, disabled uh, team did very well, and they overturned the rules for oh, um, yeah. yeah in the Nepal the military mindset <laughs> yeah that's it that sounds Literally. good <laughs> yeah. and they, uh, we do that and because of that you know that we we had to keep you know pushing to the right. Uh, and then obviously in 2000, yeah, last year, and we finally, uh, I was I was very comp comp confident anyway because over the years I always uh, advise him, Harry, if you want really want to climb the Everest, the important thing is for me is what are the most fundamental challenges? And I see the first fundamental challenge is the heat stump. Normally, if they yeah. stump cold and it's very hard to hit up because not yeah. many muscle and nerve moving moving in there uh, in that side so that those are the, my first one and second one is the how can i find the right character people if in the in this modern world and you know in this modern kind of era when you're looking for someone to work with us we normally give the priority for the intellectual people you know those who are very clever yeah. and and strong people, you know who got them you know strong physically aspect but we never look at the personality you know we never look at as a good hot people you know what but it is very important to have for me i rather have the good character and good hot people than 
than the strong and intellectual. Absolutely. Yep. So, sure. Yeah, I think this is very important, and for me because I knew that uh, if you even pay, money can buy so much. But when it comes to the harsh situation, when it comes to life or death situation, yeah, money don't go anywhere, man. You know yeah. that only stay in the pocket. Yeah. So, um, and I think I was very consciously uh, selecting the team which have a trust and always willing to go, always little further, and yeah. giving giving everything they have you know that only come through the character and mm. honesty and dignity and how many people were in how many how big was the team we have a 10 so 10. including yeah. me and Harry, we have a 10 man team yeah and um how did you pick like how did you pick those eight people right i mean some were friends i'd imagine like how did you find eight people that had the right heart Integrity, so, character, right? Yeah, no, because we, I, we've been working with a few years, and we every time we go to the trip in Nepal, we, you know, we uh, try to pick the different uh, guides and Sherpas, and after every trip, and we then I, I, we and me and Harry sit and we say like, oh, you know, so we, it's part, it's part of the characters, like you, you, you connect, right, and you, you yeah, because yes. you so, know, right? Sometimes it's just a feeling, Krishna, right? Sometimes it's just. There's something about that person that is pretty inspiring and kind of and it, uh, humility and compassion and courage. Like, I mean, there are things that really, and for me, I feel inspired by with people. And, you know, it, it's just you, you can sense it. It's just some, it's an energy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I think that's why I think if we go by our judgmental mind, you know, if we go about our intellectual mind and there's a distraction, I think, how can we? not to judge anyone and just find the truth of who they are as a human. I think that definitely helped us to succeed. If I, mm-hmm. if I honest with you, if we haven't had the true character and a great human, I think this mission would have been not succeed. Yeah. And it was there a point in time, Krishna, where you felt that you might not, you might not get there and kind of your, you were facing strong adversity where this trip, where you were kind of like, look, yeah, a lot of a lot of time, Stephen. I think it's a lot of challenge. You know, a lot of a uh, lot of decision making, constantly, constantly decision making, and you know, taking a huge risks. Uh, but take a risks with the calculated, you know, mindset and experience. I think that's what actually helped me and our team to succeed. Is because I was constantly assessing and constantly, not only. You know, not only, you know, uh, focusing on Harry, but me as exhibition leader, how is the whole team? How is the 10 men doing? You know, who is who is feeling strong? Who is feeling weak? Do I need to change the manpower? Who I need to change? You know, and how yeah. is the weather? And how is the subjective and objective danger? How is the exposure? And I think, yeah, you know, obviously uh, that only came through my, you know, experience with the military and, you know, over the years of exhibition leading. And also, uh, how can I be calm and collective when the death come, you know, and make yeah. a right decision, not make an emotional or, you know, decision. And I think that's, again, you know, mindful and meditation and Buddhism philosophy definitely plays a huge role, not only in the mountain, but also in the battlefield, you know, dealing with the death and, you know, putting ourselves there consciously, you know, not compulsively. Yeah. So Krishna leadership, as the expedition leader, and as a leader for the SAS, and you've been a leader for 
you know, your life in, in itself. What does leadership mean to you, right? Just like, because it's such a topic and leadership is thrown around so much and, right, this, all of that. But like for you, what, what is leadership? I think for me, the true leader should never, never, never be recognized or never to, never to, you know, uh, in front. And I think true leadership is those who understand, you know, deepest form of uh, humanity and deepest form of life and death. And so he can still perceive and transcend the limitation of human power in a different dimension. And I think for that to have understanding, deeper understanding is always became with silence and observation and yeah. not kind of uh, showing off or look at me, but always stay in the back, but right there, you know, if need be situation, he's right, right there, but he don't need to shout or you know, he don't need to show in front. But by only observation and silence, uh, you you rather make a right decision and understand the situation overall. I like that observ- observation and silence. It's kind of leading from the back, but at times needing to lead from the front as well when decisions need to be made and to communicate. Um, so, like when you when you mentioned leadership, is there any kind of advice or guidance that you'd give to, I suppose, leaders in the Western world as such, like in organizations and in and in the corporate organization leaders and people that are leading teams and organizations, like what would you, if you were to communicate to, to those people, because I know there is a lot of listeners from that world that listen in, what would you, what, was, what would you say to them? What would you like to say to them? Yeah, I think I'll, uh, I'll talk about the three point, which is very pertinent for me. And in order to succeed in my life in the battlefield to the mountain, to the daily day, walking in the kitchen in the house, I think those three things for me is number one is, uh, dealing with the uncertainty, because a lot of us, uh, there is actual research in the science lab. They found if you want to do the punishment now, you will get the 100% pain. Or if you want to do the punishment next week or next month, but only you will only get the 50% pain. But you know what? More than 60% people say, i rather have a punishment now, will get the 100% pain. Mm. You know? That means... We can't, we don't want to uh, live in uncertainty. We want to have a control, yeah? yeah. We want to have control over the situation, control over the uh, our pain, our pleasure, our, you know, want and need. But life doesn't work like that, you know? The more we live in the moment, more we control the uncertainty, the more powerful we became. So that I think, how can we deal with the uncertainty is one of the best thing is meditation and mm. mindful with the situation. Yeah. That's why it's very important. How can we deal? Look, try to find the every uh, human and uh, your colleague or your office people staff. How can we deal with uncertainty? That's number one. And number two is the what we call the military mindset. You know yeah. why. When we come to the uh, decision making, when you have sit down with the silence observation, but that doesn't actually go far away because we only have one life and we only have a certain time, but sometimes you have to make a bold decision and go for it, you know? For example, when I was in the battlefield in the war zone or 
when I was in summiting the Everest, you know, I was observant and silence when it need be. But when time come, you need to step up a clear and concise and conscious decision and yeah. have to stand, stick on it. Otherwise, sometime in a very hard situation come, when adverse condition come, when the economic collapse, when the family start dying, you know, we have to make a decision and stick with it, you know. That's mm. why I mentioned about the 20-year vision, 30-year vision. When mm. you have a vision, every small thing can collapse, you can change, you can turn, but always focus on the mission and that, mm. that's all need to with the mindset you have clear consight and go for it mm. that's the second and uh, and the third one is all all the time i think with with love and compassion yes mm. yeah. if we if we do whatever decision we do whatever you know uh, love or hatred we have but if we do with love and compassion we are not attached with any if or what or no if we that's the meaning of compassion is that you do with everything, you know, there is no what if, there is no what that, what this, you do everything full heartedly, then you never be a fail, you know, it might be take longer, but you are full in it. So yeah. those are the three things I think, and if you make mine and stick with the three principle, most importantly, you will have a peace in your mind and you will happy whatever decision you make. Yep. Thank you, Krishna. Wonderful. Uh, again, I've, I've really resonated with, whatever, with everything you've shared. And, uh, you know, so, so thank you. So when you summited Mount Everest with those 10, those nine people, 10 including yourself, as a as this cohesive team, what was that feeling like when you got there, when you arrived? What was that like? Can you explain what that, that yeah. sensation or that? Mm, feeling and standing on the, you know, top of the wall uh, you only can feel yourself you can't feel anything else you know that's the most important thing I realize is is wherever you go whatever feel you have you actually feeling your own emotion and harmony and having said that you know that's your true feeling but actually you stand up and it is very important to realize as well and I was uh, when I was on the top, top of the Everest I realized myself I am on the highest point in the earth, you know, in the whole yeah. world. Yeah. And sometimes it is important for us as to give the gratitude, you know, whatever we do in our life is okay. You know, you are, you are there and observe that energy and observe that memories and keep it with yourself. And, and also I think I did that, realize that two things. And also I think, you know, a lot of people talk actually summiting the Everest is just halfway climbing and a lot of yes, incident, yes, yeah. uh, lot of incident and accident happen on the way down. Yeah. So I think I, I was constantly monitoring Can and you. constantly thinking, how is the team? You know, how is everyone? How is your feet? You know, all these things. I think that's, I think that's, that's the, you know, good and bad as being a, a ex-leader. I think we've yeah. got responsibility and power but I think we have to make uh, the decision, you know, according to sensible for as a humanity with compassion and love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's next, uh, Krishna? What's the next uh, expedition or challenge? Yeah. Um, you know, that's. If you can uh, share, if you can share, I know you mightn't. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I 
there is a, definitely few uh, few people and disabled people and veterans and uh, people wants to you know start exploring and they said oh can I climb Everest and thing mm. and also I'm spending a lot of time you know sharing the my Buddhism philosophy and SAS mindset and to overcome the like speaking roles and sharing my knowledge to help to grow yeah. the business, to grow the mindset, and most importantly, to find the peace within us. And like I say, all the everything exists within us. And I think if we know that how to control our own mindset and our own energy, and everything will be fine. Like I'll put in the show notes, Krishna, I'll put in your website and, and links to all the different things that you've got going on because such a powerful person and the more more of my community that I can guide towards you, the, the better. So I'll be sure to to do all that. Um, so is there anything else, Krishna, that you'd like to, to share? Any other thoughts that you'd like to, to bring into the conversation before we yeah, wrap up? I think, yeah, I just like to say thank you and giving me this opportunity. And one last thing, uh, the one of the Buddha said in, in my teaching is that try to walk in a middle path. You know, what that means is uh, not sad, not happy and all the time joyful within the moment and that only came with the conscious decision and conscious awareness don't try to make any decision in your life and with the compulsive behavior and try to absorb your own heartbeat and mm. breathing yes thank you absolutely so try and walk in the middle path with observing your own heartbeat and in the moment so krishna it's been a, it's been a pleasure i know we're at time now I just want to say thank you and congratulate you and, you know, passionate about everything you do. And I think you're such an inspiring person doing really powerful things. Um, your character, what you've been through, your humility, your compassion, your love, your kindness, your courage, um, your leadership, your integrity are absolutely um, something that I, I strive for. So uh, you're, you're role modeling what it takes to be a man. And hopefully we'll definitely we will we will talk again whatever way shape or form so Christina thank you very much so that's it guys for another episode on the Live On Bum podcast I've got some really powerful guests lined up over the coming weeks but I want to just highlight Krishna once more for being such a powerful person please check him out in the show notes all the resources will be there links to him directly and where you can find his teachings he's an incredible guy and hopefully we will work together at some point in time I've got that earmarked and Hopefully we'll we'll cross paths. Um, so yeah, guys. So so thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the journey. If you like the, the podcast and if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Please five star rating. Leave a review. It means the world, and it will help um, us and my team here to have more conversations and bring more more insight to to the world and to humanity. So thank you very much, guys. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you have a good day and a good night and until next time